Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath October 2nd, we look at Lesson 1, Preamble to Deuteronomy. Join us as we explore the prehistory of Deuteronomy and how it affects the actual book of Deuteronomy. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Right, here we are, Lesson 1, Sabbath, October 2nd, Preamble to Deuteronomy. And our memory text comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And then right after this, we have a special announcement. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Once again, 1 John 4, 8. What a great way to start off a new quarterly. And uh, I'm just thrilled, especially after we just had a conversation. I think that's that kind of announcement you're talking yes, about, Yes, it Buster. is. <laughs> Make sure you check out that bonus episode that is out. Uh, uh, they're both out today. Uh, so make sure you're, you're checking it out uh, because Dr. Mascala, he gave so many nuggets of wisdom that Absolutely. will help enhance our study of Deuteronomy this quarter. Well, we have someone that's a passionate uh, Old Testament scholar that just loves the Word of God. It just makes it kind of come alive, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, loves the Word of God and loves God. Yeah, know, just that's... a very relational person that... Uh, and, and that's really, as he pointed out in that bonus episode, we don't want to kind of steal the thunder there, but I uh, want you to listen to it. But how are we have a God of love that's all about relationships, very yes. relational, you know? Yes, and so his book uh, is out as well. It's called Deuteronomy, the Book of Love. Mm-hmm. And it kind of leads us straight into Sunday's lesson, let's Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Love to be loved. You know, and this is uh, this whole concept, First uh, John 4, 8, uh, that talks about God is love, this this sublime passage uh, by the apostle john and just to think about them is so profound and so deep and what does that really mean you know um, I, I think a lot of people just have a wrong picture of god mm-hmm. they just really do they they have a hard time seeing for whatever reason could be bad theology bad personal experiences it could be even bad experiences in the church perhaps you know whatever it is but it's um, true you know and, and that's tr- it, you know, there's sin in the world. And, and, and that's kind of the whole great controversy going on is Satan's trying to disparage God's reputation, who, you know, God's character. And, and one of the foundational principles of love is freedom. Yes, we have to allow people the ability to choose if we force them there. We can't force people to love us, you know, no. <laughs> Good luck trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, if you really love something, you have to love it enough to let it go. Mm-hmm. It has to have the ability to have freedom to choose. And um, that's kind of where Satan is attacking God and his character saying, oh, well, he isn't a God of love and uh, kind of trying to undermine uh, the very character of God. And these three passages here on Sunday's lesson really just all talk about that. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. And I'm, I'm just using my NIV at the moment. This, this passage, uh, how have you fallen from heaven? Then verse 13, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I'll raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of the assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I'll ascend above the tops of the clouds. I'll make myself like the most high. Mm. So, you know, this, this whole thing accusing God, it's really uh, Lucifer, I guess, becomes Satan, you know, that that's really 
projecting onto God the things that he's actually doing himself. It's true. You know, uh, trying to pull himself up uh, by pulling others down. And that's that's really the danger. That's what sin does is is it's it's you know, God's love is selfless and and Satan and sin are selfish. Yes, they and, are. And so this these two diametrically opposite views of God and and this. And so and that's what makes this book of Deuteronomy so beautiful is is it's trying to just kind of unwrap uh, and 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 give in in a, in a very tangible way um, a picture of God's love and his character and we don't usually I don't usually think of that with the book of Deuteronomy you know usually think it's the law book you know yeah. oh here we uh, go again you have to have to get through those passages if you're reading through the Bible but it's actually if you get the picture of what's going on here it's it's very very beautiful so um, and and um, Ezekiel 28 talks about the same thing uh, and trying to it's telling the story of the fall of, of Lucifer here right uh, in this uh, right. very prophetic language uh, and again uh, your beauty verse 17 you and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor uh, and and so on so it's it's trying to uh, disparage the character of God and, and really to bring it full circle Revelation 14 verse uh, 12 or 12 excuse me uh, chapter 12 verse 7. Yeah, <laughs> getting gonna, tongue-tied again. It's going to come out there eventually. <laughs> Get there eventually. Uh, now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. So this picture of this cosmic conflict, what Ellen White in her classic book, The Great Controversy between Christ and his angels and Satan and his angels. So this this idea of a cosmic conflict, this great controversy taking place in heaven, this war, and this war at its foundation is all about the character of God, who God is. And the amazing thing is, is we have uh, opportunity to, to, through salvation history, to get a better picture of God's love and his uh, commitment to freedom. So tell us about Monday's lesson, uh, Buster, the fall and the flood. You know, because of Lucifer's mm -hmm. uh, fall, right? Mm -hmm. He came and he tempted man and mankind fell, right? Mm -hmm. yep. You know, oftentimes we give so much grief to the to the woman, right, Eve? Mm -hmm. But it was mankind that fell because mm -hmm. uh, man and woman both decided yeah. to take the take the bait, right, if you will. Yeah. And we see one of the first lies that's, that's here. In Genesis 3, 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, right? And... Mm -hmm. She knew, she spoke in Genesis 2, uh, 16, 17, Gorogot uh, told them, every tree you may eat except for the tree that's in the midst of the garden, right? And she even explains to the serpent, I know this, I know this rule, I don't want to even touch it, right? Mm -hmm. And the certain ser serpent tells her, you will not surely die. And so it asks this question, how do these verses about perfect people in a perfect environment created by a perfect God mm -hmm. also reveal the powerful truth of freedom inherent in love? Yeah. And Michael, you just said it. If you're not allowed, if, if you're not allowed to walk away, it's not love; it's force. Yeah, coercion. Yes, yeah, coercion. And God, we do not serve a coercive God. Mm. We serve a free God, a God who loves us beyond all measure. Thank goodness. And, yes, and at the ultimate level, is willing to allow us to lead to destruction if we want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And He's saying, "Choose me, and you'll have eternal life. If you don't choose me, you won't." Right. Uh, yeah. And I know that's very <laughs> black and white, but. Uh, of course, every one of our situations are different, but the one who saves us all is still the same, and that's God himself. Love it. Uh, and so we see here between the fall and the flood, 
the the degradation of man, mm-hmm. but God allowing him to degradate himself, and also God doing everything possible to try to win him back. Mm-hmm. Right, even in the midst of that of of the lamb, the first lamb that was slain, mm-hmm. right, yeah. to make clothing for the man and the woman in the midst of the garden, mm-hmm. uh, showing the the future uh, of what was going to happen with Christ in order to save us all from sin. Yeah, and so that that now leads us to another segment of human history and. Uh, Michael, tell us about the call of Abram. Absolutely. So once again, just uh, these little vignettes is what we're getting as we introduce the, the, the lesson of Deuteronomy here. And this beautiful passage, this promise to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then here's the promise. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Uh, I just have to pause for just a minute. If we have a loving God... We need to claim this promise that, you know, Abraham, uh, you know, I want to bless you. He, God's, God's a God of love and goodness, you know. Yeah. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I'll curse you, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Amen. So just this promise, covenant promise, um, I guess we call it the suzerain treaty, you know, in the Old Testament, this kind of the, the depiction of, of these these kinds of things. But God was speaking to people in a way that they could understand and saying, hey, I promise um, I care about you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to I'm going to expand and, and just blow your mind <laughs> you know, beyond what you could ever imagine. And, and, and I want to uh, I want you know, you know, I will bless you. And so God's goodness, he wants to bless us. Um, he wants good things in our lives, and he also wants us to bless others through the blessings that God has given us. Amen. I mean, it's it's not for us just to hoard these things. You no, know? it's not. And uh, and by the way, that's the same thing that's kind of happening again. We kind of come uh, to the other side in the New Testament, Acts chapter 7. Here we have um, this whole depiction uh, in the midst of the stoning of Stephen kind of this uh kind of this vignette looking back to the old testament again which is part of what we're doing in the book of deuteronomy here uh this this reminding of how god had worked he brought them out of egypt uh these kinds of things and he raises up moses uh and in fact moses kills the egyptian and has to flee but even when these terrible things happen and of his own choosing of his own making Mm -hmm. god even works those things out uh, so that they eventually become a blessing right so he's in the wilderness he has this amazing conversion experience uh and finally hears god even talking to him uh takes off his sandals I've seen what's what's happened to your people, God. You know, <laughs> here's this promise from Abram, right? Way back, I will bless you and make this great, great nation kind of thing, and um, and and just this reminder how God had led them and did all of these things. It was God who, in the end, would rescue and save them. And Moses needed to learn that lesson. He needed to trust in God to take care of God's people and to take care of himself. And so here's just just this reminder of of these. These stories. Why do we have these stories? You know, it, it's because God is a God of love. He cares about us, and it's through how we see God has worked in the past that we can see and and have confidence that God will continue to work in our own lives. So, Amen. Um, and and at times we need some reminders. We do. I know I, know I do. <laughs> Including the covenant at Sinai. Yeah. So so this is a great reminder here uh, for Wednesday's lesson, Exodus nineteen four through eight. I'm not going to read that all to you, but I will say this. Uh, 
it asks this question, why did the Lord call the people out from Egypt? And it, it I will read verse 4, you know, 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. You have seen what I did uh, to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine, right? Yeah. Now, this is a conditional clause. It is. And not saying, hey, you're special just because you're special because I created you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, that does make it special. But he's saying you will be my special treasure if you obey my voice and keep my co- uh, covenant. Uh, and not only that, we see here that he's saying that I want to bring the rest of the world to me through you. Yeah. In other words, uh, the reason why I believe God called them it's because they were called to be a centrifugal force, right? Mm-hmm. This this centrifuge that vacuums people in by saying, hey, look, we are worshiping the one true God. If you serve yeah. him, if you mm-hmm. love him, if you obey mm-hmm. him, this is how heaven's going to be like, right? This is, yeah. Yeah. this is this side of heaven. And so you shall be God's special treasure yeah. if you're following him and obeying his voice. Love it. Right? Uh, yeah. Not to be a petulant child and saying, nope. God, I want blessings, but I don't want to I don't want to follow you. I don't want to obey you. Mm. And listen here, we've all had those those moments in our lives. Maybe you had that more recently than not. Maybe you haven't. But in our heart of hearts, we're called to surrender and to also, I think now He's called him to be a centripetal force. Mm -hmm. He's sending us forth. He said, go, right? right. Hey, you guys couldn't stay and do it. So now I'm sending you out to go do it. Wherever you go, you're called. Matter of fact, you're actually called to be both and. I love that from uh, Dr. Hannah, who always says both and, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that just that hardest part of all of that is just that whole word that you mentioned, uh, surrender. Yes. You know, it's so easy to want to just take control of it ourselves and instead of actually, you know, just surrendering. And it's not complicated. It's just saying, hey, being authentic with God and just saying, hey, um, God, I'm, I'm struggling here, but I've been trying to do it myself, and I, I just need you in my life, and I need you to take control of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's not any kind of fancy thing that you do. It's just um, a surrender of our will before God, you know? You know, I, uh, Michael, I just uh, shared with the class, they did a little assignment on this book called Steps to Personal Revival. And yeah. one of our girls that's uh, on the basketball team, she came up to me afterwards. She's like, I needed this. Mm. She's like, this is a thing that I wasn't doing. He told me uh, in this book that whatever you want, you have to seek it with everything you have. And she's like, I've yeah. been giving God half of what I am. Mm. I want to give him everything. There you go. And that's what surrender is. It is. And so uh, I, I thank you for sharing that, Michael, because yeah. now surrender leads us to... Well, hopefully not apostasy and punishment. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Nice comeback from that yeah, one, Buster. Yeah. <laughs> Surrender leads us to avoiding apostasy and punishment. So. I sure hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dig in back into the word here. Yeah, All right. Go. We'll go to the word for a save. Exodus 19, verses 4 and 5. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. Amen. And, I, I, you know, I, so many times I've, I've remembered that text and there's these images and various pa- places in Scripture, but especially this one here, bearing you on eagle's wings. And there's been moments in my life where I've, you know, felt uh, really down and in despair, you know, and where I've just had to claim the promise of God that, that God loves me. 
that um, he's going to bear me on eagle's wings. And, yep. and, and, and that is, uh, that's really what the, the whole covenant is all about, is, is God, wants, um, God wants a relationship. Amen. He and, does. You know, the bonus episode, I want to invite our listeners again, check it out. You're not going to be disappointed with Dr. Mascala. But uh, if, if as, as we, you know, keep coming back to this through this whole quarter, we're going to see God's love. We're going to see a relational God that cares about us. And, and that's where we see, you know, this whole story, this saga of Israel and Egypt and the Exodus. I want a relationship with you, God is saying. And and, and he's going to help to make that possible those moments when it just seemed utterly impossible. And that just happens throughout the whole Exodus story, you know, again and again. And, and, and conversely, conversely, uh, on the other hand, when, when there is not that relationship, sometimes God has to let people go. This yeah. is one of these main ideas that the foundation of this whole book of Deut- Deuteronomy is God is in force. He's a God of freedom. And, and sometimes he leaves us to our own devices, right? Um, Ouch. Yeah. That's true. It hurts. It, it does hurts. hurt. And, uh, hurts him know, more, though. You know, it's just like the the snake, snakes and the serpents, you know, that um, when God's protection was removed, suddenly they saw all these serpents that they were getting bit by, you know, and, and literally dying. The serpents were there all the way, the whole time. It's not like they weren't there, but God had protected them. They were in relationship and they said, well, we don't need you, God. We're going to do it on our own. God's like, okay. All right. <laughs> can't force you yeah and then look what happens and then they start literally dying um and even then in the midst of that crisis god gives them this word of hope look and live and 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 those who are willing he bears up on eagle's wings he 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 saves them even in the midst of of their foolishness there um and 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 we're reminded you know in numbers chapter 14 that there were times when God had to allow some of them, that he didn't force them, that they died in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, God let them wander a bit longer because they, they grumbled and they 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 kind of fought God, you know. And God's like, I just want to bless you. And they're like, no, no, no thanks. No, no thanks. No thanks, God. <laughs> I'll do it on my own. And, and they realize, oh, wait a minute. Um, well, God's not going to let you, you know, God is trying to enable them and make it possible for them. He knows they're not going to be able to do it on their own strength. Yeah. And unfortunately, has to leave it to their own, leave them to their own devices, which is really what happens. It's tragic. And of course, uh, many of these Egyptians die. I mean, not the Egyptians, the Israelites uh, die in the wilderness. And even Moses, uh, you know, dies at the borders of the promised land. Yeah. Um, and God still brings good out of that. Right? Yeah, he does. You know, he God really still does. brings good out of that. But sometimes there are consequences. We don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't like when we. Uh, when when something bad happens that's our own fault you know yeah. we we kind of well god's like well I, I didn't force you you know and and and, and at the end it's, we're going to be come back and say well god you were right yes. you were right all, all, all the way along what satan said about you <laughs> that you're not a god of love that you're not a god of freedom it's just not he, true he was wrong yeah hey, you know it, uh dr Mascala reminded us of this point mm-hmm. that the book deuteronomy is probably written within the last mm-hmm. two or three weeks of moses life right mm-hmm. this is after the indictment hey you're not making it to the promised land yeah and yet he still writes down all the loving ways yeah. of god and saying hey not only does god love you ahav but we are called to ahav god back yeah he is our god and we, mm-hmm. we are his people right yeah don't yeah. don't miss out on on the, all these blessings look what happened and so it's like this last testament right yes. you know this this kind of reminder hey don't don't forget don't forget yes don't i forget. love you i love you 
um, I care about you. I want to have a relationship with you. And God values that so much that, that he wants them to have these constant reminders. And that's that's really, I can't wait now after after today <laughs> as we're going to get going through the rest of this quarter um, to see the many different facets and dimensions of God's love for us. Amen. You know, I think there's one word I want to take away from here, and that's mm-hmm. responsibility, yeah, right? Sure. Oftentimes we put so much of the onus upon God, but... Mm. God is saying, hey, it's you're responsible for coming to me because I'm not going to force yeah. you. I gave you free choice. Yeah. How are you going to use it? Yeah. Are you going to use your time wisely? Are you going to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of, of actually spending time with me? Yeah. Or are you going to just waste your life away and just attend church? Have mercy. God wants more than that. He yeah. wants you, but you have to give him yourself because he's not going to force it. Total surrender. Amen. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.